Hello, friends, and welcome to Stories from the Tool Shed. My name's Stephen. And my name's Tim. And we're excited to journey with you through the Spiritual Authority Cohort. Let's get it! Hey, Tim and I are looking outside as beautiful Thursday. And uh, hey, back with you again. Wanted to give you a new podcast from Stories from the Tool Shed. Actually talking about um, an additional story to For the Sake of the City. Uh, we have the privilege of actually sharing with you a testimony that we heard at the beginning of the cohorts that we've been waiting to share with you all. Um, it really integrates a lot of what you've learned in the cohorts from uh, blessing prayer and then at the end of talking about For the Sake of the City. And we just thought we'd hold on to this because uh, it's so special to tell you this testimony of uh, a guy named Dave Larley, one of our graduates out of Dallas, Texas. Um, he's going to share his personal story of how he is taking the prayer tools, not only as an ordained pastor, but really as a small business owner, using these tools, especially blessing prayer in his day-to-day life and, and just asking God to use these tools for the renewal of his city and for those around him. And so we want you to hear the story of uh, what God is still doing in Dave's life and uh, and how he redeemed really this moment of COVID in Dallas, Texas through a small business. So sit back, listen to this story. So welcome, Dave, to the podcast. We're excited to have you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your context and how the cohort uh, is going and has gone? Oh, it's a pleasure to join y'all. You know, it's been amazing to see. Um, we had some people do it last year, and then we uh, we asked if we could host it at All Saints, and we kind of did a little bit of a, mar- you know, just advertised it, and I think we have like a hundred people, maybe even more, from the church doing it, and we're just so excited to see what's what God's going to do with that. And so, from like a church point of view, that's been amazing. And but what's blown my mind is revisiting all this stuff on authority, which is so good. Uh, I'm doing it now as a small business owner, and I'm making all of these connections I never would have made otherwise. Now, obviously, uh, as a pastor, I believe deeply in the role of the church yeah. for like the redemption of the world. But I'm all of a sudden making these connections um, between the role that business can play. That church can't and probably church shouldn't, right? And so to me, we walked away, Rachel and I walked away like that was awesome. And, you know, it was just so I'm hugely encouraged and I'm glad that, well, I'm just so thrilled that y'all are there and can keep teaching. You know, I kind of joke sometimes, say that I was part of the remedial class (laughs) and so you know it's good to uh, have the uh, catch up on uh, on authority but no i've loved it and it's it's been so helpful for me personally dave dave tell us a little like so you have a business what is your business so two and a half years ago a hobby turned into a business and i was like i need a hobby i'll get a smoker and i started smoking meat and friends would bring their meat around and smoke it. Then they got lazy and said, hey, why don't you just smoke it and we'll buy it from you? <laughs> and so two and a half years ago, we started Smoke Maple. And it was just kind of, you know, an occasional thing. I would do a, I did a quinceanera catered for that, which was awesome. 
And then we were doing like pop up. So the idea was to do uh, serve Dallas by having these pop up barbecue pits in people's backyards. And so we started doing that. And then COVID hit and um, and things just took off in an amazing Mm -hmm. way in that people started to order from me because uh, they were tired of cooking themselves. And they knew that only one pair of hands was going to be touching the food, so there was you know minimal risk there for those who were worried about COVID nineteen. And then, like, I started to see friends of mine who were doctors and nurses, and the stress of COVID just hitting them. And I thought, man, what could I do? Like, I don't have the answers to COVID. Mm. <laughs> like, I don't even know. Like, you know, I I didn't even do science, so. Uh, I don't even understand a lot of the science behind this, but uh, what can I do? And the Lord just brought me to start giving barbecue away. And so I would let doctors and nurses who were working in the COVID unit say, hey, come around on Friday. I've got free barbecue for you. And they were like, this is the best email all week. Wow. Mm. And so the Smoke Maple is a basically a, a Texas barbecue catering business. And, um, yeah. Love it, man. So... You know, we, we told you in the last podcast we wanted to hear from you guys. And uh, so we wanted to bring Dave on this because he reached out to us, just told us some of what God's doing in his business. And Dave, I just share with our listeners, what is God doing with your barbecue business during this crazy season for us all? And how has that brought into blessing prayer? Um, love to hear from you about that, man. Yeah, so I think in at some point... I think it was in the lab. We were talking in my cohort group about how in the kingdom of God to kick to keep something you've got to give it away, right? And so, um, and we just got talking, and I just started to make all these connections. So the first thing God, because business picked up, I was able to employ someone to help me. Um, I went from, um, I think Rachel's fine with it. She hasn't said anything different. She is fine with it. Uh, but I went from having one smoker to six in the backyard. No so, like, and I only bought two. So um, we started giving barbecue away. And after we'd given out 500 pounds of barbecue to people affected by COVID, um, the makers of the, the smoker I used, the pit barrel cooker, wrote to them, told them what was going on, just encouraged them, said, hey, we'd like to send you a third barrel. What? So I was like, Great. So, and then somebody else said, Hey, I, l- I love what you're doing. I want to bless it. And then they started calling me, like, as a nickname, Oh, it's the priest pit boss. <laughs> and so, you know, it just kind of kind of built on that. And then uh, somebody mm-hmm. recently bought me barrel number five and six. So I've got, you know, wow. crazy capacity. And, um, and so all of these, you know, as COVID went on these last six months, it's been phenomenal how it's like one compound fracture of an after another in our culture and so we've got covid then the the murder of george floyd hit right and then i'm talking to our off-duty police are doing our security and they're they're feeling awful so i said hey do you guys like barbecue (laughs) and you know what it's like when sometimes you just start talking before you're thinking and i said hey come by friday and i'll feed the night shift and i was like oh wait did what, I really what, say that? You know, and so, you know, sure enough, Friday they pull up and we loaded up 100 pounds of ribs into a cooler and fed the Dallas police night shift. No and then I, I bumped into somebody so who's cool. a great guy who's an activist for racial justice. And I said, hey, 
do you guys like barbecue? They're like, yeah. And I'm like, man, this is not a really good business model. I keep giving this stuff away. But um, I sent them 100 pounds of ribs, right? And then whenever a need came up, it was like, maybe we can't solve the problem, but maybe we can make life a little bit better. So we came up with a slogan that we're trying to bring joy to the world one rib at a time. I love it. And really trying to bless people so that they can keep bringing their best to the challenges they're facing. And and so as we've poured into that, the business side has also gone up, which has been amazing. So, so even the giving, more that you're giving away, God is pouring back what you're giving and, and even more. Yeah, it makes no sense. Like there is I can't figure out the formula for this in my Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> and, oh, I love it. You know, but also it's been rewarding for me because in pastoral ministry, never once did someone suggest I read financing and accounting for dummies. But like I've read it and it's like, oh, this is great. So anyway, mm. so it's it's also been really rewarding and been a huge creative outlet in this in these last few months. Oh, man. Mm. You know, something I'm even just hearing you say, Dave, is it's not a specific, well, kind of two things. It's not that people are coming up to you with the need. It's that you're finding the need as you're going. You know, so I, I hear you saying that. And then the second thing I'm, I'm just even in your story is all of the, the diversity of people that you're serving, that God's opened up in such a, a hard time for many people. What has that been like to serve so many different groups of people? You know, what's amazing, and Tim, you know this from your barbecue experience, is like one of the most, um, there, there are certain pockets of subculture where, for, take the race issue, like race is not an issue at all. And one of those subcultures is barbecue. Like, mm. you know, it's like everybody, there's just like this, subcurrent of joy and everybody's welcome to smoke and let's just figure it out and do it and so it's been great the other thing too is all of a sudden i've found myself having only lived in dallas seven years now i'm in conversation with the police community i'm in conversation uh with the black community i'm in conversation with you know the homeless community i'm in you know and the medical community and people say how is it that you know all these people and i said barbecue you know and it's just <laughs> mm. but here and here's the thing that i've been reflecting on it uh steven is that when the lord wants to bless us he blesses what's in our hands mm. and i just mm. happened and it's like i said when i you know we were emailing the lord blessed me with a barbecue business and it's almost now like over these last six months and coming up, we got another event coming. Uh, he said, "Hey, I need to borrow the business." <laughs> yeah, that's and I let, great. And who am I to say no, right? It's but it's such a faith yeah. journey, and it's really pushing. It's really pushed me at times the boundaries of, um, you know, okay, Lord, here we go. Trust you. Let's let's jump off the cliff. See if you catch us. You know. Figuratively, <laughs> not literally, but yeah. 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 So I got a question, Dave. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, one of the things I think that I hear you saying is a little bit like, and I love that quote, like God's going to use what's kind of already in your hands a little bit. So 
for those that are listening, um, that are maybe a little bit still trying, maybe even like, well, gosh, what, what's in my hands? <laughs> like, like, what does that look like? Like, is that something that you came to realize after or, or how does, how does someone who's just listening is like, well, I want to lean into this. I see the power of blessing. I can maybe get on board with the fact that God wants to use me, but how do you actually take that first step out the door? You know, that we were talking about that just the other day, and I think it's, I can't quite remember the circumstances, but Rachel and I were talking and looking at the different offerings that people would make in the Old, in the old Testament, like an offering mm. to, uh, to God for this, for that, a you know, peace offering. And, and really, um, it started out by just saying, Lord, I just want to offer this to you. And I found myself in conversation after the first cohort meeting with a guy who is a bit disturbed by when we had to stand up and identify, okay, who's a word person, who's a deed person, who's a power person. Yeah. And he's like, well, I know the word a little bit, but I don't, I don't, I'm not deed or, you know, I, I don't even think my job matters. And he's in oil and gas wow. and he's super generous, right? With his resources. He's, he's just, you know, and so I said, well, you do realize that Jesus' ministry was funded by Herod's treasurer's wife. <laughs> like, you know, um, ministry, money means ministry in the kingdom. And you are a deeds guy because what you've done in the workplace and how you have built up these resources and then given them to church has enabled us to do this, that, and the other. And he was like, oh, I never thought of that. I mm-hmm. thought the ministry was always for people who work for the church. And, you know, and so it's, I think part of it was the reframing of, of some of that, but also, um, for me, the first step is to offer what I'm doing to the Lord and to say, Lord, and, you know, I did it last Friday. I said, Lord, I'm in front of 150 pounds of meat here <laughs> and, uh, we're on a time, we're on a, a clock, but I offer this to you. I bless it. And I pray that wherever this goes will be an offering. And, um, mm. and then just waiting to see. And then just waiting to see how he leads. But not just how he leads, but who the people are that he brings my way. Because mm. what I've also learned these last six months, that it's, in this time, it's, if I see a need, maybe, if I see a need, I'll meet a need, and maybe God will meet me in it. As opposed mm. to, Lord, speak specifically and it's also led to me try really helpfully focusing not on the problems, but what is God doing? And my prayer also has been, Lord, make me easily moved. Mm-hmm. You know, I, just make me easily moved. And as I'm easily moved, I'm going to do this. And perhaps, you know, it's the prayer of Jonathan. Perhaps the Lord will be with us for nothing yeah. can stop God from saving I don't know if that, I rambled a bit there, Tim. I don't know if that yeah. answers it. No, that's good. I, I love the offering because uh, we all know that God loves smoked meat too. Hey, I mean, it's Old Testament worship. Maybe not the pork. That's OT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe not the pork, but smoked meat. That's so true. Well, you know, and this brings up too, and I, I think this would be good for you to speak on, Dave, is, you know, for our cohort attendees, this is their first you know, go around in the cohorts, but you have a unique role. You know, I'm even just hearing you say this, your, your role, it's like you have two hats. One, you're, 
you're in full-time ministry, you're a pastor, but at the same time, no, excuse me, you're a vicar, I apologize. And, and at the same time, you have a business, Dave. And so, I mean, back to that guy's comment and, you know, saying, well, I'm not in full-time ministry. I mean, what would you say to people that kind of get trapped in that? What would you say to people in the church where we get locked up in the fact that we don't know what our platform is? We don't know what's in our hands. Uh, we don't feel like we have the right role to step out into that place in the kingdom. What would you say to just people listening in that in that place? You know, I'm always trying to reframe it, reframe it for for people in our church and say, "Hey, you're on the front line. I'm not. Hmm. For me to have the conversations that you have and the opportunities you have takes me so much more effort because." You know, there's certain parts of the population as a pastor you don't always interact with, right? Um, and so that's the first thing. And then the second thing is, I love what John Wimber used to say, which is, you know, uh, the meat is on the street, mm-hmm. right? And that church is meant to be the training place for the marketplace. Also and, a good barbecue comment. Yeah, amen, right? <laughs> Glory. Stop right there. <laughs> the meat is on the street. Heck Yeah. Um, and then, but that the, that the church, church is meant to be the training place for the marketplace. Mm. And it's one thing to get encouraged at church, but if you're in a work environment, I was talking to someone who works at a university today, only Christian in the department. And, uh, and we're talking about the challenges and then, you know, they're getting ready to go. And I said, Hey, we've only talked about the challenges. Let's talk about the opportunities. And they're like, mm. what are opportunities? I said, well, the encouragement, you know, that you bring it just could be amazing. And this is someone in the physics department, right? And they're like, well, it's all science. And, and I said, hey, just encourage people because it may be foreign to them. And sure enough, they wrote back and said, you will not believe what's happened. Not, no one's come to Christ, but the atmosphere in the lab is totally different now. Wow. So I think mm. that's, to me, that's the goal, is just to try to resource people to realize that whenever, as soon as it's that old thing from, was it the, um, I can't remember who said it, um, now the name escapes me, but, you know, once you leave the church, you're entering the mission field, right? That, to me, that's, that's the mindset. And that's what I love about Novo, is that this is the whole point why we're gearing up. Yeah. This would be salt and light. Love it. And that is our role. And I, I just appreciate the, the power of your story, uh, the normalcy of just your day-to-day life. I mean, you're living the kingdom. You're breathing the kingdom, bringing the kingdom. And uh, so, dude, just thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, hey, any last words that you could just speak blessing or anything you want to say? Can I tell a quick story? Yeah, please. So... Uh, and this this is amazing. We um, we work with this charity in Oak Cliff, and uh, they look after people living on the poverty line who suffer from severe mental health issues. And um, we got in touch with them. Said, "Hey, can we bring lunch?" And this is sure what we think. And sandwiches said, "No, no, we'll bring ribs, right?" And, we'll kind of, and they're like, "Oh wow, yeah, our people never eat that." So 
The last thing you want to do is you never want to run out. So we did enough for 80 lunches and then a rack of ribs for every staff member. And about 130 pounds of ribs. And we loaded up in the cooler and dropped it off. And uh, I was like, okay, Lord, over to you. And, um, you know, people were thrilled. They were just so excited. And then the director of the uh, the center called me that afternoon. I was like, oh, everything okay? I said, and she's, you know, she said, well, you said you were going to send us food for 80 meals. I said, I don't know what happened. I said, oh, we got the 80. I said, yeah, well, what do you, yeah, I said, I know. Did you not get a rack left over? I said, oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the staff all got racks of ribs. I said, great. Well, what's the issue? I said, well, we've just been doing the math, and um, we're not really sure what happened. And I said, okay. Um, we got the 80 lunches plated up. And then we had 80 for the next day, and then another 80 for the next day. And I said, what? but I didn't send you, I didn't send what? you 300, almost 400 pounds of ribs. What are you talking about? So I don't know, they just kept coming out of the cooler. It's the craziest thing. And I said to the director, I said, well, what do you make of that? And this is what uh, she said. I had been reading about uh, the Jesus multiplying the 5,000, you know, feeding the 5,000. Wow. And I was like, Lord, wouldn't it be great? Come on. And boom. And so little did I know. Uh, so that was awesome. I mean, that was, that was crazy <laughs> cool, right? Like, oh, Lord. <laughs> so, oh like, even if people don't buy, like, you know, I, uh, it's really messed up how I order the make the meat order now, right? Do I order a third less? Yeah. And then another thing that happened on Friday, which was amazing, if I've got time, which is one more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So I wake up, uh, and I'm like, I've got to go to Sam's to get just a little bit extra. I've got all the meat smoking away early, early. I get there at 8, and I'm by the frozen food section just walking by, and I see this lovely uh, staff member there. Um, Patricia, and she's having a bad day. And you just know what a person having a bad day looks like. And so I go yeah. up to her and said, hey, what's going on? She said, oh, it's just awful, da-da-da. And I said, do you like ribs? Because, <laughs> like, you told us to practice blessing, right? So I'm like, okay, yeah. well, let's practice. And she says, yeah, I love ribs. And I gave, gave her my smoked maple business card. And I said, call this number when you get off work. Because I get off at 1230 today. I said, okay, call, and I'll bring you, and I'll tell you where you get the ribs from. It's like, all right. I had to go back again at noon. And I, I, sh- I was just having one of those days. And uh, anyway, I had a rack ready. So I get in the bag, get it wrapped up. And I drive to Sam's. And I'm walking in with this steaming bag of ribs. And it just smells amazing, right? Like their dog's howling in the background somewhere. <laughs> and I go in and they stop me. They said, are you returning? I was like, no, not returning. They said, you taking lunch someone? Yes. So they let me in. And, like, it's just a warehouse, and I'm going up and down. I can't find her anywhere. And so I go into the lunchroom where the staff are. They're kind of looking at me, and I was like, anyone seen Patricia? She's not here. No, she's already gone. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and so as I'm walking out, there's the general manager's office. Doors closed. I'm like, and I just feel this prompting to go in there. I was like, all right, what I got to lose? So I don't even knock. I open the door to the general manager's <laughs> office, and I walk in. I said, Patricia, that you? And it was her. <laughs> she was having this bad, co- well, I don't know if it was bad. It just did, the body language didn't look good. 
So the general manager turns, looks at me. Patricia sees me. She says, it's you. I said, of course it's me. I've got your ribs. She starts to cry. You know, sometimes in church you hug people. Other times a hug happens to you. So this hug happened to me. And, (laughs) you know, I'm surprised I didn't get COVID. But anyway, so (laughs) this happens. The the general manager has like this look of utter confusion. He says, why are you doing this? And I just said, hey. I have a small business called Smoke Maple. We do barbecue, and I buy a lot of stuff here. And the staff here are great. And so I was here earlier, and I saw Patricia was having a bad day. So why wouldn't I do this? Why wouldn't I bless her to make sure that the people working here, you know, um, thrive because my business thrives because of them? And so I wanted to... You know, do a little act that would really bless her. And so I'm giving her a rack of ribs. I said, maybe she give her a raise. <laughs> At that point, <laughs> I ran out of the office. But here's the thing. What I didn't realize going in is that everybody, like, saw me. You know, all the Sam's Clubs look the same. And so everybody saw me go into the manager's office, heard what I said with the door open. And as I walked out, everybody was staring at me. And so I was just like, okay, we're just going to walk quickly out and anyway so i just left but i have no idea what happened in that conversation i just know that what i did it's j- exactly what you said on the uh what uh, mark said is that you know we increase authority we increase dominion in the kingdom through authority and blessing people and prayers of blessing really are the sure way i know to increase god's dominion on earth and um, it, the way that's working out at the moment, yes, it's happening at church, but I'm seeing it with fresh eyes being worked out through this small business I'm trying to run. And uh, it's just so exciting. It is, and I hate roller coasters. I am not that guy to go to Six Flags, but because this, this bit, owning a small business is a roller coaster enough, but it's been awesome. And you've got barbecues multiplying in your backyard. You've got ribs multiplying in uh, in the in the hands of people that need it. Um, and man, you're getting people raises at Sam's Club. Well, I don't know if we got there yet, but I won't <laughs> claim it yet. But when it maybe next week. And Tim, I just realized this. So my <laughs> company's called Smoked Maple, and you're at Maple Maple Valley. Yeah, ma- that's hey. right. We're t- we need to do a destination celebration. There we go, man. Smoked Maple Valley. Yeah. 2020. Well, that might invite a wildfire. Let's not pray that in yet. <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. Oh, that's so cool. If she gets a raise that's two-thirds higher, I think that that's really... We'll, we'll have you back on for that show. And then we'll, and then she's got to come to the church, start tithing. No, that's that's the pastor <laughs> hat going too far. <laughs> hey, invite her on the podcast, man. Yeah, I'll, yeah, we'll see. And, you know, that's the other thing, too, is what I've realized, especially with that multiplication thing, is, you know, the great gift the poor have to give us yeah. is their gift of faith and their experience of God. And mm-hmm. the people who, saw, who were with me when that happened, their minds were blown. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, hey, they're, these people at this center are going to get fed, Right. But what we get in return from them is so much more valuable than what we've given them because we have mm-hmm. a modern-day example of God supernaturally breaking through the order 
of this world to show them he loves them so yeah Yeah. i love that you know it so reminds me i heard this you know quote is in in the kingdom there there aren't problems there's only possibilities and god is bringing new order he's bringing restoration he's bringing all old things to become new and i think your story dave is really bringing that into a day where everybody's like there are so many problems around but you're saying hey i see a lot of possibilities i see a lot of the kingdom that could break out in my day-to-day at sam's club with barbecue ribs with being generous you're you're just giving the lord your literal fishes and loaves and he's multiplying it so thank you dude and mm-hmm. one thing that i just realized too is the thing like like anybody in business i have all these doubts that come in and the one thing that blew me away and i i think it was what uh, the person i was praying with prayed for me is was like hey there's great barbecue all over the city Right, and I don't even dare eat it now because I get, you know, I start to wonder, oh, what are they doing? All this kind of stuff. And what the person, I think, uh, prayed for me uh, was that I would know that it isn't so much about what I'm doing, but it's the story I bring to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, uh, so Tim, you're in a construction business, and there are a lot of construction, but it's your story that is so mm-hmm. compelling, and it's the story of God working through us. That is just so compelling. And that would be my encouragement to people in business doing the cohort stuff is that it's it's as much about the story behind it than what it is we're doing that is so compelling. Mm. Love it. Dave, thanks for coming on to share your story and uh, really appreciate what you're doing and inspired by your life, man. Oh, absolute joy and honor. Thank Dude, you. I love it. So I just love hearing stories about how people use just where God has them to impact people around them. Yeah. And the thing that I love about Dave's story too is he's just as surprised about what's happening as we are <laughs> hearing the story. Um, there's kind of a playfulness there in this like, you've got to be kidding me, uh, atmosphere to it in that to me in my life, it so resonates with the things that God does. And, and, and I love, you know, I just love the fact that he uses things that we don't think he could ever to use, that, that he could ever use yeah. to really be the thing that provides just incredible impact in and around us. And I mean, if, if you can't listen to Dave's story and be like salivating in the background and just wanting to get some barbecue, um, <laughs> you know, there might be something wrong. Uh, so well, that's what I love too, Tim. Yeah. It's like, it's a true story of like the multiplication of fishes and loaves. Like, yeah. like, let's just think about that in the West in day to day life, like what is happening? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this is totally. this is the gospel story happening in our day-to-day lives like of what Jesus did you know 2000 years ago he's still doing it today so i i'm just blown away by this yeah and i think if there's well yeah, you can go into so many different things there's care there there's kindness there mm-hmm. there is um in so many different levels of people seeing what god's doing and having to answer the question <laughs> What just happened? Literally. Um, 
And uh, one of the things that I feel like the Lord has kind of spoken clearly to me is this idea that miracles occur upon the death of coincidence. Mm. Say more, what does that mean? Yeah, so uh, I think in our language, we often uh, either confirm or deny things we can't explain that are God things with our words. It's like we we don't have a spiritual understanding, so we call something a coincidence. Mm. Or we don't believe that God is really for us, or we don't, like, if something really good happens, it's the, wow, what luck I have, or yeah, yeah, yeah. what are the coincidences, or what are the chances? And hmm. and so we, we, we use this language to basically... Uh, defund the currency of God, which is Mm. blessing us, blessing those around us. And, you know, all with just our language. Um, And so that idea that miracles occur on the death of coincidence, when you say coincidences don't happen, they don't exist anymore. What you're left with is, wow, like something, someone, God Mm. is really involved in my life in very small ways and in very big ways and ways I cannot understand. Yeah, totally. Well, and it makes me think too, I mean, there's a guy named Philip Jenkins. He wrote this book, uh, The Next Christendom. And one of the things he says is in the West, the the greatest distance that we have is actually believing that the supernatural, it, it intermingles with the natural. Like we yeah. we don't see that. We're like... We still think in a dualistic way, like one is supernatural, one is natural, and the rest of the world doesn't think that way. Everything is everything is one. Everything's happening at the same time, and that that's actually the biblical worldview. Um, I mean, even Ephesians talks about this war. We don't war against flesh and blood, but principalities. Like, do we really believe that? You know, and so I think Dave's story is inviting us into the normalcy of spiritual authority in our day-to-day life. We don't turn that on. We we are sons and daughters of God. We are priests of God. That's who we are. Like even if we're aware of it or not, and that goes throughout our day. Um you know, in the last session, we talked a lot about our missional identity statements. You know, we are the fragrance of Christ. We are the light and salt of the world. And so I think I think his story is reminding us that this is our being. This is who we are in in God in Christ. Um, do we know that? Are we are we accepting and receiving that identity? And the miraculous happens in that. You know, you don't just turn on like I'm going to do miracles. Like it's you know it's not like that. It's <laughs> it's like I think God just surprises us when we're walking naturally in who He's called us to be. Yeah. And I, the thing I love about Dave's story, I love a lot of things about Dave's story, but Dave's answer to unanswerable question, unanswerable questions is ribs. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's so simple. It, and, and I think it surprised him at first. And now it's just like, oh, you know, what, what's needed in this crazy situation that nobody has an answer for? Probably ribs. Probably ribs. Probably ribs. And, uh, and, and so I just love that idea that, you know, Dave's been doing barbecue for a long, long time. 
Mm. And that's just something that he does. And then that's what God uses. Mm. Um, so he's blessing the thing that's already there and then putting kind of purpose and meaning behind what is a talent or a passion um, yeah. and a small business. Yeah. Well, I, really I love at the beginning, you know, too, he talks about, you know, he he sees the need. And that's really what stands out to me as like, you know, he he's turning his normal day-to-day small business, not into a place where he's trying to grow a business to, um, you know, he's not focused on his business. His, his The focus is he's trying to meet a need. He's kind of saying like, Lord, this is, this is what you've given me. How can I use it for your glory? Um, and I think that's a good reminder for us as just normal day-to-day disciples of Jesus. Like, Lord, you've placed me here in my nine-to-five job. You've placed me here to be a mom, a dad, fill in the blank, whatever that is. Like, this is where you've put me. Now, Lord, how can you use this for your glory? Will you change my awareness? What are the needs around me? How, how does that work when I'm a doctor? How does that work when I'm a, a builder? I mean, you could speak on this, Tim. How does it work when I'm a mom, a dad? I mean, fill in the blank of all of our, our jobs and roles. But how can God use the place where he has already put me, the role that I'm already in, to fill needs around me? What if God has actually put me here for a reason? And it's changing our perspective of what if that is the place, and I, I think it is, that the miraculous happens. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, you mentioned that. So, it, yeah, quick recap. I am, I'm a builder, um, so I work for a custom home builder. And I, I think some of the ways that, you know, I've kind of been invited in in that world to partner with what God's doing is I do a lot of our sales, right? So I'm in people's homes and, um, you know, they're coming to me with a need, which is their house is jacked up. Um, and then our solution is remodeling, renovating, or, you know, throwing a stick of dynamite at it and starting over. Um, <laughs> and so the, the thing that I've found through thing is like, people are coming to me with a need. And I think that's the idea is that people around us all are coming to us with needs. And it's, yeah. it's that awareness piece of what are they, what's reading between the lines to really see like, what is God's doing? And you know, even in business, right? So we're, we're, we're builders and we have a lot of employees and I have a conference room that's largely empty. You know, how can I use that conference room for the kingdom? Mm. Um, and I think that's a place for people to dig. If you're like, well, I don't do ribs, right? Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not in other people's houses trying to sell them remodels. Like what is my thing? And I'd say it's sort of look at, look at an area where you have maybe some amount of excess um, or, Mm -hmm. you know, excess time, excess space, excess capacity. And then look at like maybe some of your natural talents and then how can you fill those things up, right? I have a, you know, I have a living room with four couches in it. Well, wouldn't it be great if there was people in those couches? What does that look like? You know, Mm. I love to bake or I am, I'm good with kids and there's a lot of kids in my neighborhood. Like, where's the like natural connection there? Mm. And just asking God, like, you've created me for purpose and you've placed me in the place where you want me to use that purpose. Can you help me connect the dots? Yeah. You know, what are they? And then embolden me to say yes. And so that I can see, 
you know, my version of multiplication happen in my context. And, and that's really the, I'd say it's this exciting and terrifying thought and question um, that this story helps be like, I, this is a guy who maybe asked a question, maybe felt, you know, shoved into the deep end, but, but the, everything that comes next is an incredible story about God's faithfulness, goodness, and yeah. just excitement about you seeing what he's up to and partnering with him. That's it. And it, and I think it takes the pressure off, you know, of we need to, we need to start a new thing. You know, we need to, you know, I need a new kingdom assignment, like what, whatever that is. If you remember that from the last session, it's like, no, like God's already given us kingdom assignments. They, they're all around us in our day-to-day life. And, and so we just wanted to come with you today, you know, to share this story uh, with you of what Dave was doing in Dallas, um, what he's still doing with his business, um, believing God for transformation in his community. And I, I think it's reminding us to, you know, Tim and I were talking before this podcast of, you know, Jesus calls the disciples. And, you know, I'm thinking of Peter specifically. And he said, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. And his occupation was a fisherman, right? So he, and then Jesus uses that. And he said, you know, you, you're doing this for the natural, but I want to do this eternally. I, I want you to build fishers of men. And and so what is that? What's that for us? What is that for us to step into our roles as priests, as sons and daughters of the living God to be fishers of men? And so we, we want to encourage you with the story. You might not have a smoker. You might not have, you know, the resources. Mm-hmm. What do you have in your hand, though? Is it, like Tim said, is it couches? Is it, you know, is it an office space? Is it a conversation? You know, what, what is it that you can give to the world around you and ask the Lord, hey, would you do the miraculous through what I do have? And so, hey, we want to encourage you today. God bless you guys. Um, thanks for being with us. Excited to see you in the next episode. If you have an encouraging story, we would love to hear it. Email us at cohort.stories at novo.org.